Hey, welcome to Second Service. I see everybody uh, read their bulletins, saw the sign, heard the announcement, and got here on time. If somebody comes in at 11 o'clock, we'll know they didn't read the bulletin. It's good to have you here. You know, for, for those of you that are guests, you see, uh, you see children among us, and you may ask the question, why aren't they in children's church? We value children in our worship. We value family worship. And we enjoy having children with us. I enjoy preaching to the children, as well as adults. But it's always good to have the children here, and, and we really enjoy having them as a part of, of our services. Now, children, you this week uh, have experienced a lot of fun stuff. I mean, this is, it was probably a spring break for many of you. You were out and about doing family stuff this week. You, you probably were out in the yard and you did maybe, maybe colored some Easter eggs or you did some Easter egg hunts. And those are all fun things that we do. But I want us this morning to focus on the, the, the reason why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. The purpose for this season is because Jesus is alive. And I want us to understand that that reality. You know, this last Sunday we, we celebrated the Lord's Supper, where we remember Jesus' broken body and shed blood. And that's what this week, this was a week for us to remember that Jesus died on the cross. Died a brutal, brutal death. That he was put in a grave for three days. But then the good news is this morning, this is why we're here, is because Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. You see, and in believing that, everything changes. I'd like for you to turn with me to John chapter 20. We're going to be looking at, at the resurrection of Christ and, and how it changed people's lives. And we're going to look at three testimonies of the resurrection. You see, because Jesus is alive means that Christ is present in us. Because Jesus is alive Christ gives us life now, and he gives us life for all of eternity. Because Jesus is alive, it gives us victory over sin and victory over death. And I want us to think about the testimonies of three different people. The first one is a lady named Mary Magdalene. And we're introduced to Mary Magdalene in Luke chapter 8. And the New Testament doesn't tell us very much about her life before she came to Christ. It simply says, Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. That's our explanation of who Mary Magdalene was before she met Christ. We're not told how she became filled with demons or, or why this woman lived in this bondage of sin for so many years. But what we do know is once Mary received, once she met Christ, and once Christ healed her of her 
demonic spirits. She became maybe his most um, committed and loyal follower. Mary was present at his trials. She didn't run away. Mary was there when Christ was being beaten, was being scourged. She was there when he hung on the cross, and I believe she was there when they took him off the cross and took him to the tomb. And here in our text this morning, we're, we're seeing Mary now, three days later, going to the tomb to pay her final respects to the one who had impacted her life so greatly. And in John chapter 20, it says that, But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to, to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white. See to where Jesus' body had been, one at his head and the other at his foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord, she said, and, and I don't know what they, where they've put him. You see, up until this point, Mary was shocked because when she got to the tomb, the stone was rolled away, and she immediately assumed that his body had been stolen because this is something that happened back in this day. It wasn't something that was uncommon. Mary, and what I found interesting as I, as I studied the passages this week was none of the disciples believed that Jesus would be resurrected from the dead. They were all shocked when they met the resurrected Christ. But as she was crying and through her tears, it says she turned in verse 14 and saw Jesus standing there, but didn't recognize that it was Jesus. Remember, she wasn't thinking that she would see him. And Jesus said, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? And thinking it was a garden, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And then Jesus just simply says, Mary. And like the lights went on and, and immediately she recognized that voice and through her tears she could see that it was Jesus and she said, Rabboni or teacher. And she was amazed at what she had seen. You see, here is Mary Magdalene this woman that Jesus had healed. This woman who had gone from being an unclean, unaccepted person in her culture to someone who had a new life. Someone who had been transformed. And only to see this one that helped to transform her life die the most brutal death that anyone could ever die. All of her hopes, all of her joys were ripped away that day that she saw Jesus take his final breath on the cross. And now she had come to pay her final respects to this man that had changed her life. 
but his body's missing. I mean, what more could go wrong? How much worse could this get? Not only did he die, but now they've stolen his body. And her grief just gets deeper and deeper to the point where, where words are impossible to, to explain how deep her grief is. Her hopes have been dashed. Her joys have been taken away. And in this moment, she felt completely alone. And I bet, I bet in this room this morning, there are some of you that can identify with Mary, that can identify with that level of pain and loneliness that, that Mary felt when she stood there at the tomb weeping. But I think if you could talk to Mary today and you could ask her what that felt like when, when she heard Jesus speaking her name, I think she would say, you know, I, I was hurting. But he gave me hope. You see, that's the point of the resurrection. That's why we gather here because, because in our sorrow and in our hurt and in our sin and sadness, Jesus gives us hope. Because Jesus came to conquer. He came to conquer sin. He came to conquer death and sorrow and shattered dreams. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 33, that in this world you will have troubles. He says, there's going to be sickness and death and sorrow and all of these unmet, unexpectations. But he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. And so he went to the cross where he took on the full force of, of our sin upon himself. He paid the price. He died, and three days later, what we're celebrating today is his resurrection, his victory over death. So that we might have hope. You see, no matter what life brings you, no matter how much life hurts at times, We have the confidence in knowing that this is not all there is. This is just a little slice of eternity, of the rest of all of our eternity. This is just a little bit. There's more to come. So Jesus comes to us right where we're at, in the midst of our struggle and pain with loss and suffering, just like he did to Mary, he meets us right here and gives us hope. Now, some of you are sitting here this morning, some of you are here this morning because you were forced to come. 
I mean, it's Easter. You got to show up for church on Easter Sunday. As a kid, I had a drug problem. I got drugged to church every Sunday. And some of you may have gotten drugged here this morning. And you may think, you know, this Jesus thing worked for Mary Magdalene. It may work for you, but, but that doesn't mean it works for me. You know, whether it's Islam or Buddhism or, you know, whatever you choose to believe is, is okay. I mean, who am I to judge? It's a, it's, it, it's a matter of, of preference. But is it? You know, that sounds good at first. It appeals to this pluralistic world that we live in where we have to respect everybody's opinion. But when you, when you stop just for a moment and actually think about it, you realize that the resurrection of Christ isn't a matter of, of subjective preference. It's a matter of objective truth. In other words, either Jesus rose from the dead or he didn't. See, it's not a question of preference, but of truth. And it's a really important question that we have to ask ourselves. Because the reality is, if, if Jesus didn't raise from the grave, then we're wasting our time here this morning. We got all dressed up for nothing. This whole thing is a lie, and, and as Christians, we're all fools for believing it. Actually, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and our faith is useless. It's no good. Then he says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. Paul says, I feel really sorry for you if Christ didn't raise from the dead. Because we're fools. But, but if Jesus Christ did raised from the dead, then the ramifications that it has for every one of us here is eternal. See, this question isn't a matter of preference or opinion, but ultimately of truth. Did Jesus, did he raise from the dead? Now, most people think the burden of truth rests on Christians for us to prove that he rose from the dead. But for those of you, if there are some of you sitting here this morning that, that don't believe that Christ ever resurrected from the dead, can I ask you what, what, um, what proof that you have of that? You see, when you go back 2,000 years ago, this, this amazing thing happened 
about 2,000 years ago. All of a sudden, after Jesus Christ was hung on the cross, after he, he was buried in a tomb, and then was, was resurrected, all of a sudden there was this explosion of these people called Christians. And they were going all over telling everybody what they had witnessed with their eyes. And Christianity exploded. And historians have no explanation as to why Christianity exploded other than something amazing must have happened. Something amazing did happen. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And this fast-growing movement continued to grow until today it, it, it about one-third of the world's population believes in the resurrection of Christ. And how do you explain that? You know, it wasn't in, in the best interest of, of the disciples to, to proclaim that Christ had resurrected from the dead because they knew and they did die. They knew they could die and, and all of the apostles died for believing and telling the world that Christ, that Jesus Christ has resurrected from the dead and they had seen it with their own eyes. And what explanation is there other than they must have seen something spectacular? You know, if you're a skeptic this morning, I have this really good book that, that you need to read. It's called The Reason for God, Belief in an Age of Skepticism by a guy named Timothy Keller. It's a great read, and I encourage you to pick that up and to read it. Because I would bet there are some of you that question whether Christ resurrected. Do you doubt? Do you really believe that Christ resurrected? Did it, did it really happen? You know, if you're, if you're doubting this morning, you're, you're not the first person to doubt you know, some of Jesus' own disciples doubted. In fact, actually, as you study them, they, they all doubted. But there's one guy that, he's, I think he gets a bad rap. His name is Thomas. We know him as Doubting Thomas. But Thomas, I wonder what his testimony is. Let's look at John chapter 20, verse 19. It says, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so here... Jesus had appeared to the disciples. He walked right through the wall, stood among them and said, here are my hands, here's my side, believe. 
Now there was one guy that was missing. It says in, in verse 24, Now Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the, with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, and can you imagine when, when, when Thomas came back, they, you guys, you won't believe what we saw, Thomas. We have seen the Lord. What's Thomas's response? Hmm. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and I put my finger where the nails were and put my hand on his side, I will not believe. Thomas doubted. Do you doubt? Now verse 26 says a week later his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, he said, Thomas, put your finger right here in my hands. He says, reach out your hand and put it into my side. And he said, stop doubting and believe. Thomas, as he encountered Christ, said, My Lord and my God. Do you hear Thomas's testimony? I think if you had talked to Thomas, he said, Look, I was doubting. And he showed me truth. Jesus shows him visibly the evidence of the nail-scarred hands and the spear piercing his side. He shows him that he was alive, that he had been resurrected. Now, he didn't, he didn't rebuke Thomas. He didn't say, Thomas, why didn't you believe? He just said, Thomas, stop doubting. And believe. I believe that's what Jesus' message to us is today. Stop doubting and believe. Or it may be, maybe you're hurting. He would say, give me your hurt. I will give you hope. So there are two testimonies of the resurrection. So, so what's the third? What, what's the third testimony of the resurrection? John 20, verse 29, it says, Then Jesus told him, this is talking to Thomas, Because you have seen me, you believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Do you catch that? He is talking to us. He's saying, look, Thomas, you believe because you saw, but, but boy, blessed are those people who have not seen and yet believe. 
And he said in verse 31, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, this was written, this book was written. John says, so that, so that we may believe. So that we may believe and that we may not just believe, but begin believing that we would have life. Life eternal. Life forever. Life with Christ. And so we're, we're faced with this question this morning. Do you believe that, that Jesus rose from the dead? I mean, do you really? You know, you're here, so, so, so you believe something about Jesus. Unless you're a drug here. And if you don't, What proof do you have that he didn't? If you don't believe, I encourage you to ask the questions, to search for the answers. Because it's not a matter of religious preference. It's a matter of truth. And eternity is dependent on the right answer to this question. Do you believe that Jesus resurrected? Our eternity lies in the balance. Now some of you sit here this morning and you say, yeah, I, I believe I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But I want to make sure that we understand what the Bible means by belief. Because today, churches all across this community, churches all across this country and the world, people are gathering to celebrate belief in the resurrection. But there are many, many people in churches just like ours who believe in the resurrection of Jesus but, but aren't saved from their sins. They believe it intellectually, but they haven't confessed it with their mouth or believed in their heart. Well, is that possible? Well, listen to Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, many will say to me that day, on that day of judgment, Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? You know, did we not show up for church? Did we not give in the offering? Did we not, did we not do all these things? And Jesus said, but I will tell them, I never knew you. Away from me, evil doers. And it makes me kind of uncomfortable that Jesus says 
many, many sitting in the churches, many will say to me, who are the ones that will be shocked to stand before Jesus on that day and hear those words, I never knew you. People who intellectually believed in the resurrection but never received it in their hearts and were never changed by it. It's people who never say the words that Thomas said, and he said, my Lord and my God. You see, lots of people today identify themselves as Christians. They'll say, yeah, I believe that Jesus, in Jesus with my mind, but, but I'm not going to give him my life. I'm not going to be obedient to whatever he asks me to do. I need to live my life. And nobody's going to tell me how to do that. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. In other words, I will give you all of myself. Because I've experienced your resurrected body. You see... Our testimony as a follower of Christ is I was dead and he brought me life. I was dead and he made me alive. So I owe my life to him. He says, these things have been written so they might believe, and in believing, you may have life in his name. What's your testimony? What's your story? Because when it really boils down to it, it boils down to two testimonies And both involve steps of faith. One potential testimony is, I will turn away from Jesus in my life. I will turn away and follow my own way. That requires faith. Because what you're saying is, I have faith that Jesus Christ never resurrected from the dead. Therefore, I will live my own life the way I choose and want to live it. I am banking my eternity on the fact that there is no resurrection. Are you comfortable with that testimony? I don't believe in the resurrection of Christ. Or we say, I'm going to believe it, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe it in my head and I'm not going to allow it to mess with my life. I'm going to keep Jesus at an arm's length. I'm not going to follow him with my life. So that's one option of saying, yeah. I don't believe it or I sort of believe it, but I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not all in. 
And there's an element of faith required to believe that. The other option is for us to say, and maybe for the first time today, to say, I trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You see, a lot of us like, will like to think of Jesus as, as, as giving us some fire insurance to keep us out of hell. But the reality is, I must give him all of myself. I trust Jesus as my Savior and Lord. The one who I am willing to die for. I believe... For those of you that are hurting this morning, if you haven't confessed Christ, you can say, I was hurting. Your testimony one day can be, I was hurting. But I trusted in the one who conquered sin and death in this world, and he brought me hope. maybe you're just doubting this morning you can confess him as Lord and say with Thomas I was doubting but he showed me himself I trust him and my encouragement to you this morning is trust Jesus to be your Savior and Lord because your eternity depends on it. Your eternal being depends on those two, that one question of what is my testimony? I choose not to believe or I choose to make him my Lord and my Savior. I hope you don't leave here this morning without knowing where you stand in that. And I want us to take some time just to process, to contemplate, to meditate on where you're at with this question and be sure that you know. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that is even now um, penetrating hearts, um, forcing or inviting people to a relationship with Christ and making us to, to, to ask those questions. Father, I pray that we wouldn't brush them off. We wouldn't try to make them go away. I pray this right now that as the Spirit is speaking to us about our position in Christ, that we wouldn't resist the invitation 
to come. And Father, that for those that have doubted their whole lives, I pray that you would wash away the doubt and show them truth. And right now they would invite the resurrected Christ to come live in them. And Lord, for those that are hurting this morning and have never, just don't know where to turn, remind them that Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, comes to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captive free. Holy Spirit, would you speak into that this morning? And as we leave here this morning, we would know that we know that Jesus Christ is our Savior and our Lord. And that we would confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Christ was resurrected from the dead. Go with us in peace this day. In Christ's name I pray, amen.